Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted to sample the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to heal and get better in all areas of life. And I want to do it with you. Welcome to Heal Squad by Maria Menunos, where we improve and heal all parts of our lives, most importantly, our health. Heal Squad by Maria Menunos, your life improvement series starts now. Hello, hello, Heal Squad. Welcome back to another episode. Today, I am in New York City at the famed Macy's Herald Square. So excited to be here today. We're going to talk to a dear friend of mine, uh, about well, the lifestyle like we've, well, we've gone through together for the last couple of years, but also some fashion because we are here at Macy's. I'm wearing my Macy's outfit that I went shopping for the other day. I'll tell you all about that in a minute. We'll first start with our quote of the day. Clothes mean nothing until someone lives in them. Bobby, guess who? What designer said that? Oh my gosh. You're going to fix that. That one I hate. Why is that? Smart Chicas. <laughs> Get right into it today because I am so excited to be here with Bobby. She's a well-known figure in the world of fashion. We've worked together at the Today Show many, many years. She's a lifestyle expert. Um, she has made her mark as a style expert, author, TV personality. But there's a lot more to her story. We're going to delve into uh, that and so much more today. She is an example of resilience and uh, you do it quite fashionably, my friends. So welcome to the Hill Squad. Excited to have you here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. You know, it's interesting that word resilience because there are times when you hear, and I'm sure you've been in these shoes where, oh my gosh, you're so strong, you know, you're inspiring, you're so resilient. And honestly, I didn't have a choice. Um, and you sort of have this weird mix of feelings, like some guilt because you're thinking, I, I'm glad that sharing my story helped somebody feel less alone, but it certainly was the goal to like inspire somebody. You know, it's, it's such a challenging road when you're faced with trauma of any kind, but it is, it is wild to think about yourself as somebody who's resilient. You just kind of feel like you're moving through and you're carrying pieces of what you could sort of bring with you. 
yeah, what you could bring with you and in some ways what you could salvage. It's like you shatter. You shatter, you take whatever is left and you move on. And then you do feel heavier on the other end because you're carrying a backpack full of stuff. Yeah, I know when people come up to me and they're like, you're so inspiring, you're so resilient. I literally have this blank stare like, so you get it, right? I totally get it. I do. Um, I know that I might move things through things a little differently than some people. And that can also be example setting. And I'm proud of that. But that was also shown to me by my mom in some ways. And so I feel like I get to carry the torch. But, I, you know, I mean, I, I had some come up to me the other night at a pink concert. And it was like, oh, my God, your story, you've changed my life. You've saved me with the fertility. And I'm like, I'm just sharing my story. I don't realize that I'm making an impact. And I feel like you feel the same way, but I'm grateful it's happening. But, um, but you know, listening, you don't know. I mean, you've had this successful career on the Today Show as a style expert. You've done so much. And we, like I said, worked together um, at the same time there. And then kind of life hit. Right? Like our lives were rosy for a minute, by the way. Rosy with a grain of salt because no matter how rosy it looked on the outside, I know I was going through so much shit along the way. Yeah. And it was painful. I was just in that building today having a little PTSD of some of the moments. But, you know, when life really hits, you really get to see how altering it can be. It's a classroom. A magazine when I came out of I was getting my master's in marriage, family, and child therapy. I was working at a trauma center as a great crisis therapist. And so a lot of people were like, what? Like, I don't get it. Today's show style editor, great crisis center. And it's been a really long, windy journey. So I've got a bottle of wine, crack it open. If you're driving, (laughs) I do not. Please don't drink drink and drive. Um, But I... I think that's why I'm humbled when somebody introduces me, like you just did, you know, Fetcher. And it's been a really long, windy journey. So I've got a bottle of wine, crack it open. If you're driving, I do not. Please don't drink and drive. Um, But I think that's why I'm humbled when somebody introduces me, like you just did a few minutes ago, and sharing these like titles because everybody wants to sort of like put you in a little box or container. But I've really, I tried when somebody sits down next to me on a plane and it's like, what do you do? And you're just like, oh, um, I'm a professional girlfriend. And oh, I like that. There's a funny story behind this because if we wind back and not to throw in sync in the mix, but oh my God, we. My friend, right? Was it JC? Yes. Yes. But, um, you know, I share this term that I embrace because I still remember the first time hearing it, I was in tears. I actually was dating one of the guys and a journalist from Rolling Stone shadowed us for like a week or two. And when the article did come out in Rolling Stone, it was the cover somebody was like, yeah, well, what about, you know, his girlfriend? And they said, Bobby? They're like, oh, she's a professional girlfriend. And I wept because I didn't know that I was going to grad school. I was fighting so hard. I had a column out, Bobby on Boys, Body, Beauty, and You. I really was so 
fiercely protective of my independence and what I was doing. And the thought that it was a plus one was shattering to me. So I've never read that in my well, I thought you I have like trademarked it since because you're no. such a girl's girl. Well, yes, I do that mean that now, but you you know, imagine back that, you know, Marie and I also shared another lovely person in our life, Alan Berger, mm -hmm. <laughs> walking into a meeting and saying, I know like this was years later because at first, you know, it's funny. It almost felt like a dig, but then I realized, you know what I am? I am a professional girlfriend because not only am I wonderful as a partner, but I do look out as a girlfriend for women because I just wished growing up that I felt supported by other women and the, you know, sort of not that I was born a hundred years ago, but at the time I was growing up, you know, the sort of temperature was there's no I in team. And that's how the guys were cultured. It was very much like guys had the boys club and for mm -hmm. girls, it was like, who is most popular had best hair. And it was this competitive environment. And for me, when I, you know, found myself, I had to move around a lot. My parents divorced when I was around nine. And so I had to change like three different elementary schools. Let me tell you, that is really hard. You're trying to figure out who you are. You know, life at home is insecure. So can you imagine you're at three different points in my life? It's like, trying to make new friends like don't hate me you know no i'm not going to steal your boyfriend or mm -hmm. well you're trying to say yourself and so i think early on i got really good at sort of trying to be self-deprecating and you know wanted to like be friends with everyone and i just felt so alone and i think i felt most uncomfortable with other females and that really stuck with me and i remember even you know seeing Madonna for the first time. And there's so many amazing qualities about celebrities. Like she, how open she was about her sexuality and everything. But, you know, in some ways it, it was interesting. It was like women wanted to tear her down for the short skirt and the like teased hair and how, you know, it was this constant fight. And as young girls, I just, I think we were inundated with this idea of being good or bad or competitive and, was a hard landscape and I really just sought approval not only did I desperately want approval from my father but voice I mean it was like if you were a young girl at the time I was in high school you felt like if he loves me then I'm worth being loved and you almost in some ways I felt like it was protection it, it's like if you didn't have a boyfriend you weren't I don't know as important or something and it was awful and I just you know had a really bad relationship I think we all made some bad choices along the way I mean, if you haven't oh my gosh write a book share your secrets I wasn't allowed to so I didn't have that problem my parents were so strict fortunately but if yeah. I had been allowed I all the boys I liked were not good yeah well I found myself in a really unhealthy relationship and I was in Los Angeles area and he had an opportunity to transfer schools um, for his football career and basically proposed to me one day and said will you marry me I need you to come with me and I was like oh my gosh okay you know like that's that's the reason I should totally get married this guy loves me so much he needs me to come with him because 
you know, he can't live without me. Um, and it was already tough because it was also a time where he, he really was jealous and some really crappy things that happened where my friends were trying to give me the heads up, but you know, in a weird way, it was crazy. It was like, oh, he really loves me. You know, you have this like really toxic mentality. And I remember going to Idaho, Moscow, Idaho. I was there, University of Idaho, gave up my full ride and tuition at a prestigious school to go pay out-of-state tuition to support my fiance. And unfortunately, while I wish that was, you know, happily ever after, the really um, unhealthy and I, you know, one day was beat up and had to turn to these women who luckily were there for me. And I hid out on this farm outside of Moscow, Idaho. There's an even smaller town that was amazing. Um, but I was there with the cows, horses and getting videos to finish school. and. You know, I share this and I talked about it a little bit when I talked about that part of my life, but it was at that moment that I actually was going to be a sports broadcast major back at UCLA, but instead they didn't have a communications department. So when I went to school there, thank God, this professor saw the writing on the wall for me and said, you're going to be a psychology major. You're going to do this and that. And so in those classes, I was actually learning about myself and by realizing the statistics and how rare it was for somebody like me to actually stop that cycle and to get away, coupled with the fact that in your, your early 20s, you think, I know everything, I'm gonna save the world. Mm -hmm. You know, I was just sort of on a mission. After I left and ended up back in Los Angeles with my mom, I wanted to just do whatever I could to help women. I enrolled in a master's program to become a therapist. I worked at the Rape Crisis Trauma Center and just wanted to affect change. And something really interesting happened. I was having a really hard time because at the crisis center, they had what was called a SART team, a sexual assault response team. And you would go and list, you know, be on call overnight and you would go to hospitals if they had a survivor and you would give them their package, etc. And so I really became sort of burnt out. It was so hard to often have to hand that person back to a perpetrator or you know, the suspected perpetrator. But also, you know, that time in my life was so defining because on one hand, I realized when I would trade my SART hours for prevention education hours, I could talk to 500 kids in a classroom at PE, no problem. Talk about sexual harassment or anything else. Send me to talk to anybody and all of a sudden it clicked. You know, I wanted to engage before the trauma hits to try to affect change. And I had no problem speaking up and being passionate. I didn't care about being the person in the front of the room or what I looked like. I really cared about what information I wanted to share. And secondly, understanding the power of lipstick.
When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, For a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus, having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully, our jobs and everything in between. But it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiejis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, dot com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. And so to bring this full circle and to understand why sitting above, and I'm trying not to cry because to somebody at home that doesn't see this right now, I'm looking at Chanel and Dior and Clarence and Clarence. And can I tell you these brands, if you looked at my phone right now, I have probably 168,000 unread messages. And I I I just saw it yesterday. Me too. Well, those are my email. (laughs) Check my text. But, um, you know, it's really something to be sitting here like 30 years later and um in that moment and let me explain to hand someone who has just been so grossly violated clean clothes and toiletries but makeup and they look at you as if what why are you giving this to me like it's the last thing they could imagine giving a crap about or wanting from you and because you deserve you deserve to 
like the campaign says you're worthy. You deserve that lipstick. And that does not invite anybody to violate you. And that is something that you need to define for yourself, what boundaries you are worth adoring in any way, whether it's lipstick or, you know, a gorgeous, sexy dress. And yes, I said the word sexy. We as women can be sexy and smart and still expect that to be safe. Yeah, we need to be safe. And so that time in my life, although I didn't understand the forces, you know, that were swirling around me, it really defined the foundation of my character along with my family life, because I really understood what it meant to have a mother was resilient and was probably not given a choice and had to do her best and allow me to be in this relationship. And, you know, ironically, my father, who didn't make the best choices, called the day I was really banged up and said, well, you know, if you go back to him, we will do whatever you want. And I thought in my head, are you crazy? I almost expected my dad to say, that's it. I'm getting on a plane. You know, you need to come home. And the best thing that ever happened to me was somebody basically taking that big, heavy medicine ball and just giving it right back to me and saying, Oh, what do you want to do? And I realized I could mess up my own life right now. And I mess this up and it's my choice right now. Like, am I going to stay in this relationship and maybe not be there? Or am I actually going to like take this like opportunity to get out? And in some weird way, just those moments early on that a lot of people don't know about my story and the fact that, you know, I could have cared less about being in front of the camera. I moved back to Los Angeles and my sister was young in the business and introduced me to Stacy Ferguson, who to most people, they would know Stacy as Fergie, Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas. But Fergie and I had just gotten out of these horrible relationships and became like Barbie and Skipper. <laughs> um, she and I just sort of leaned on each other. And at the time she had a small girl group and here I was with turtlenecks and a bob, you know, going to school every day. Absolutely was a fish out of water. Um, I still remember being at one of the clubs in LA and this guy was talking to me and I was like, meh. And then I go to work at a pharmacy and I was helping HIV patients. And one day she's like, oh, she's like, this girl comes back and she's like, honestly, you just need to tell him your schedule. And I'm like, what? She's like, David Schwimmer? I was just dying. And I thought, who is that? I had no idea. I didn't even watch Friends. Like, that's how much of a geek I, I was. I it either. I just I, started watching it on planes and I'm obsessed. It's amazing, right? Yeah, it's the funniest show. So I was a complete geek and had no idea that I had like told David Schwimmer that I worked at a pharmacy on Los Angeles. Apparently he drove up and down Los Angeles and stopped at every pharmacy to drop off the Dostoevsky's favorite book. And yeah, what a wow. wild time in my life. And I think people sometimes will see someone in front of a camera and they just assume, you know, oh, she was put there or this was because she was, I don't know, someone's daughter. But for me, it was a complete accident. I mean, and if you don't know who Mr. Magoo is, please oh Google Mr. Mr. Magoo, Magoo because I am Mrs. Magoo. I literally really just... Funny. My husband plays that video all the time. Oh my gosh. You're just crashing in every... There's like one plank in front of the other plank. Yeah. And you have no reasoning. But I just 
followed from the very beginning my gut and whatever felt right. And whenever I, I just wanted to, I wanted to feel good so bad that I thought if I just make other people feel good, instead of just me having my back, maybe the world, everyone else can have everybody else's back. And that was just sort of my mantra. It was like, when you think the grass is greener, it's time to water your own, buck up and get out there and just help people feel good. And so, well, when I always yeah. give people advice when they're in a rough time, go volunteer because when you help other people, you're really helping yourself. So that's what I think happened with you. But how did you end up? I know fashion from there was it remind me of that moment when i tell you how this all happened so i'm back with stacy and i i tell you her because one day she comes in and she's like oh i have a blind date but you know there are these guys i was in kids incorporated they were on the mickey mouse club and they are at rca and they're here in town and divinator which was the publicist nickname we gave him he really needs us to take him out. So I need you to call Sarah, Pantera Sarah, that oh, Maria yeah, and I happen to yeah. know. I need you to call Sarah and get them into the club. And I'm thinking, what, what? How am I? Like, I was like, oh, so I call Sarah. She's like, absolutely not. They're 15, 14. There's no way they can get. I'm like, but Joseph's is really a restaurant. So maybe we can get them in. And here I was. So she said, you have to be there. So they show up. They come out of this white van. I'm standing at this. Hollywood club and these large bodyguards come out with them. And I thought, uh, uh, there's no way they're getting in. I mean, Vince Vaughn and like other people are in there. They don't have bodyguards. Like, what are you doing? So they all kind of laughed at me and I thought, well, ditch the bodyguards and you can get in and that's it. And you have to stay on the patio because you're not allowed to technically club. And in comes walking, you know, Justin, bless his heart, Justin Timberlake. He was so cut up over a girl cheating on him back in the day yes this guy who all of these oh my gosh i think he was 15. wow and i remember thinking what look around (laughs) this is not a time to be sad you are you know in a room full of amazing women that are killing it with their careers all that and i sort of said i will dance with you you are going to get over this so we always used to joke i was the first one to dance with in la but these guys were just you know had a pop song out in Europe and they were just sort of breaking in the US and there's more to the story but basically we end up in Vegas which is how most stories you know end because Fergie really wanted to go and I had there well not from there that night but you know she came later but I had stayed in touch and they had their very first concert in Vegas and they had invited us and so Stacy was just so excited to go. I, I get dragged out there with her. And I remember the day after the concert where she had a broken foot. So we called her hop along because everybody was trying to help her. And I thought, great, it's the day after New Year's Eve. What time is our flight? Because everybody's getting ready to leave. And she's like, um, well, we can just go to the airport. And I thought, why? She's like, we are not on standby. Our, we didn't have a ticket home. So if anybody knows what it's like to be in Vegas the day after New Year's without a flight at home. You might as well walk. Yeah. I mean, there's no way. So of course we got on the tour bus because there was a team people party in LA that they were going back for. I'm Mrs. Magoo, I'm telling you. It is absolutely wild how I ended up on this ride. But I get on this tour bus and by the time we got back to LA and you know I history was made shortly after that. I ended up being uh, in 
in sync with this band uh, for almost four years. And I mean, like, I started dating oh, the guys. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, he reached out and I was really resistant because I was working and in school. And I just said, you know, look, school is my luxury. And I still remember the first time there was a ticket sent to me with like postage all over it and said, please, I can't use this ticket to come see you. Can you please use this ticket to come see me. And I mean, it was like twisting my arm. I, and I found myself again in this new chapter watching JC Shazette. <laughs> yes. Desperately For trying to not name. <laughs> um, but look, it's it was, I know, but Everybody you knows. know, you find yourself, it was a phenomenon. I mean, these guys essentially had one song. And in this period of time that I sort of like, you know, jumped on as an almost famous character. Yeah. It exploded. And I can't even tell you like the level of uh, it just pandemonium around them on so many, in so many ways, but girls, young girls that were you know, arriving at concerts, throwing themselves in front of tour buses and everything else. It was such a bird's eye view of what young girls go through, how they become obsessed and get excited about things. And just, I remember being at, this is the beginning of the entertainment career, but being at a teen magazine photo shoot. And the editor said to me, I'm in the back of the room, what do you think like of this new magazine? And I look at the spread and it says, Brittany, with a picture of her, are her boobs real or fake? And I looked at him and I thought, I'm talking to women. Um, and honestly, the girls that read your magazine are going, they're scraping up lunch money to, to buy this magazine. And I am, you know, begging women in a room to get their boundaries and, and to like make sure that they can some way find a light towards the future, but I would give anything to tell these young girls that confidence is sexy, not a boob job. Just tweak the headline. Like, how hard is that? And it was the beginning of me not knowing that the editor-in-chief would call me while I was on a tour bus and say, hi, I'm the editor-in-chief. You made this comment, right? Right for our magazine. And wow. as a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful Pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful Pistachios. <laughs> <laughs> Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. Hey, Heal Squad, we have been on quite the journey together and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show 
or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heel Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. Kelsey is so great at making sure she responds to all of you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heel events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heel Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much, and we love doing this thing called life with you. Here I was. Here you go again. This is Magoo. I got a Sharpie, and and I said it first, like, what am I going to do? He's like, just, we're going to call Bobby's Buzz. Ask people whatever you think. It's an advice call. Bobby on Boys, Body, Beauty, and You. And so I turned to Justin. That's who I was hanging out with. And I said, jeans and a t-shirt or a little black dress? You can imagine jeans and a t-shirt. Ask, you know, JC, makeup or no makeup? Oh my gosh. I love seeing a girl first thing in the morning. She doesn't have any of that stuff on. Ugh, I don't want to kiss that. Like it was all of these like brilliant things that I knew from being right next to these guys that thousands and millions of young girls were so worried about wearing heels down a dirt road to the concert to look their best and put so much makeup on and push up bras and everything else. And these guys, they're just regular guys like every other guy. And I thought, what an opportunity. I just wanted so bad. Those were the girls I wanted to talk to because I wanted them to realize that's not what's beautiful and sexy and amazing. It's the confidence and the comfort you have in your own skin. So as you can imagine, that really, without me realizing where I would end up 25 years later, was the beginning and the thesis essentially for my book. Even I remember, you know, move forward, um, that magazine five years later, I retired as the West Coast editor. Um, I was done taping my own boobs down and the editor in chief said, hey, I'm launching this new magazine called In Touch. <laughs> you know, oh, just- Yeah, I remember yeah. That. Just move it over. We'll call it the buzz. And I remember that. And I was laughing. I thought, what are we going to do with like a celebrity magazine? And we were so close. And he was like, look, you figured it out on that one. And I said, well, I mean, I found soccer moms that were like making amazing stuff. And celebrities, like our friends were wearing them. And I thought, nobody really cares about who you're wearing as much as why you're wearing it. And I dug deep to find independent businesses, et cetera, to really spotlight those brands. And I also found myself, you know, funny enough, I, I was asked by a friend to do something for E! News Daily when it was still called E! News Daily. And I remember when they told me the paycheck and I thought, what? <laughs> because I had never really sought out being in front of a camera, but I mean, it was going to like pay off like a chunk of my student loans. And sure enough, I had a friend say, please just go meet, go meet my wife, you know, just go, just trust us, go in there. And I didn't know what a development deal was from Hollywood. It was completely mm -hmm. blown away because I walked in and somebody said, yeah, we want to give you this amount. And they wrote it down on a piece of paper and I didn't have a lawyer. And they said, here's another piece of paper we're not allowed to let you sign this contract. So here are six lawyers you should go talk to to come back to us. And it paid off my student loans and here I am. And even then I was sent to New York um, 
for something completely different. And I was told to do the Today Show. And I had no idea what I was doing. I, in Los Angeles, people watch the local news more than they watch the Today Show. Yeah. So <laughs> I really hadn't watched it. I didn't really understand what was happening. And shout out to Jillian Barbary. We all watched her. Right. Yeah. Um, and at the time, you know, Matt Lauer, cool. Who are you? Didn't have a clue. Or Katie Kirk. But yet here I am <laughs> walking in in my juicy tour, probably. <laughs> so I, I was told to do this one segment and I, I freaked out. I cried. This is a personal note. If anybody knows Alan Berger, he was an agent that was so, he was Katie Kirk's agent and probably they're still friends, I'm sure. But I cried to him on the phone. I said, I can't do this. I don't know what I'm doing. He's like, well, the segment's packing for a three-day getaway. Didn't you go to New York for three days? What's in your bag? He literally did my first Just segment. Breaks it down so easy. Mr. Magoo, Mrs. Magoo again. So I grabbed stuff out of my bag and I, I put on this poncho that you could wear six ways. And Alan calls me and I'm in the car heading back to Los Angeles thinking, thank you, thank you. I am going home. I never have to do this again. Like I survived. He's like, Hubby, oh my God, poncho, 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 cancer, poncho, poncho, poncho. The phone lines broke apparently. And he's like, we got five more segments. <laughs> I almost died. I had no idea how to even like process the information. And 18 years later, I am sitting here. I've still been doing the show after making a mistake. And I think to this date, I might still be one of the only people in history that they had come back and bring the poncho back and tell people on air where you could buy it because I didn't know you bought, they sold things. I didn't know what marketing and advertising was because wow. I really just wanted to tell women, you know, what to wear that was in my bag. So I really love this history. I had no idea we were yeah. going down that path, but I always love because I remember when I was growing up wanting to know how did that person get there? Yeah. It's so cool to just see the, the bricks laid down. Yeah. Well, I share like I share a, a lot of that because you can go on my Instagram, you can read my essays on today.com and what Maria is probably referring to. I've really shared my personal journey while talking about fashion and beauty, not because I thought, look at me, hey me. It was just part of my formula. I only knew how to share authentically and 360, right? So, you know, when I went through IVF, five rounds, this was long before any celebrity was saying this. My son is eight and it took me, you know, I was pregnant for almost a year and it took me a year and a half. And I wrote an essay called No More Whisper. So back then it was like looking at the beginnings of social saying, did she have a burrito or is that a baby in her belly? And me actually addressing that on air, thank Thank you, Jesus, for putting Hoda and Kathy Lee in front of me because they looked at me and they said, go. And I said, you know, I was so flattered that somebody noticed because honestly, we spend two hours in hair and makeup to get out there to get your attention. And honestly, if you are paying attention to the weight gain, you're noticing me. And I just want to tell you, I wish it was a baby in my belly. I really, to this day, I still feel the pain. I wish it was at that point. And I don't think enough people are honest about Yes. Oh my gosh. I definitely I still emotional. About I gained 20 pounds at that point. And you know, what? Yes. Yeah. And I would cry trying to get dressed because I thought, I don't want people to think that, you know, 
something's wrong, they'd say, is she tired? Is she, you know, drinking? Is she bloated? But I wanted people to know how hard it was to actually, after years of trying to be independent and telling young girls, you know, just focus on your career. You don't need to worry about that. You have to worry about your personal life as much as your professional life. And so that became such I don't know, a big cause for me. And then to share, you know, my wedding. I mean, shoot, in 30 days, the viewers pick the dress and everything else, fine. But then shortly after, I'd have to share my husband's stroke. And then, you know. You knew when you married him, was it an autoimmune condition? It's a, yeah, you know, it's a, it was, it was a condition that, you know, was, I don't want to speak too much on it because I feel like it's also not going to be an interview, but um, it no, was okay. something that, you know, his immune system would over and underreact. And, you know, when he was first diagnosed, it was just children. And it was something that was positioned as chronic and manageable. And with, you know, monthly treatments, we were not expecting to have any issues. So there were some unexpected things that, you know, sort of domino effects because of his underlying condition, he had a stroke. But prior to the stroke, I never disclosed publicly that he was in a coma or something else. Um, and there was a really hard road behind the scenes. Uh, it was before COVID. It was before right? COVID, yes. And actually, I think the hard thing for his family and mine and, and Miles and I, and me, we really thought we had gotten over the hump. You know, he came home in a wheelchair from the hospital. And I thought I was the luckiest person on earth that I just got him home. I didn't care if he could talk clearly. I didn't care if he could walk. I just had my husband up and then to fight with him and to beg him that I was just relentless to get him, you know, walking again, which nobody thought was going to happen to get him walking. And oh my gosh, his whole family was a village. There were so many special people in our lives. Our, our PT would bring his guitar on a train and a massage bed from Long Island to come into the city to spend hours on end with him and to see Michael actually argue with me to go back to work. It was incredible. And then COVID hits and we, I, I wanted to put him in a Ziploc bag. I just said, we're, we're going to move out of the city temporarily. And we, we worked so hard to try to keep that, you know, that element away and yeah, I shared with everyone on the Today Show that you can make all the best efforts, but at the end of the day, it was an invisible bacterial infection that got the better of us. It just, he was such a delicately balanced system that, you know, we were facing an, an awful five weeks ahead of us. And, um, yeah, it's, sorry, I haven't talked to him in a while. Because Maria's my friend, I said, yeah, let's get into it because... I also want to be what's happening when this airs. I want people to know we're in the middle of, I think, one of the worst weeks I've ever felt from a global perspective. Yeah. This awful, um, awful display of terrorism has happened um, in Israel. My husband was Jewish and raising his son that way. And there's just pain all around in so many cultures and, um, grieving somebody that I love dearly. I had so much help and such a beautiful life. I can't imagine the pain of loss right now. So actually being able to share on national 
television that your husband is not with you and to have the outpouring of love I did, I feel incredibly guilty. Um, but I share because I want people out there to know because I'm not special. There's a lot of people hurting, but the only thing I hoped that I would do People fell in love with you over oh, something. You, yeah. you touch them in their, their living rooms with your authenticity, with your warmth. So, of course, they're going to feel for you in that moment. That's not something to feel guilty I just want I, other I, people to feel good, you know? And I know how many women, I, women, men, kids, I sat next to where I remember one day my, my, my husband had a wheelchair that was like really kind of like rickety and old and Darla, his peachy was like, yeah, that's it. He's like, well, I can't push the wheel. She's like, well, you'll figure it out. And later on in the day, I said, well, you know, I, of course you're going to fight for everything you can. It's your, your, you know, this is my partner. You become so deeply bound that I didn't know where I ended or he began. Okay. Like helping him eat or go to the bathroom. I mean, you're just one person. You were his primary. Okay. So I was like going to fight. I'm like, why can't we get a better wheelchair? What's happening? She looked at me and she said, you don't want one of those. She's like, because the people that get those wheelchairs, they're never getting out of that. And if he has a chance to get out of it, and I thought, wow, the things you learn yeah. behind the scenes and to really understand this, this is not for show. All I could do is think about how I could hug as many people to know and even right now, it's been more than two and a half years since he's been gone. And I miss him, if not every day, you know, multiple, but it was his birthday Tuesday. And I think often when you're a widow, especially a, a widow that is expected to be a widow, which is what hurts me the most when you see someone who's 75 and they say, oh, they look at them like, well, you should have expected this, right? This is somebody that was your person that tethered you to this earth. And it's really hard. You can't just move on. You still have those pieces with you. You're just figuring out how to carry it better, how to balance better when you've got that, you know, backpack of bricks that means so much to you. Um, and I am, I am proud of myself because I, I have worked so hard to um, ensure that I can show Miles that there is still light that will find its way in. And he's the reason for so much and looking forward. And so when, yes, we talk about, and I, I know I sort of go down my rabbit holes, but resilience and somebody saying you're strong, you don't, you're not always given a choice. And I think for, for me, what I really was able to cement during the time I was a caregiver for Michael you have to focus on what you do have, not what you don't. You've got to focus on the rickety wheelchair and not that one that you think you want. You have to focus on what is possible and not what isn't. So some people might, you know, remember working with me even, and I won't take no for an answer. And it's annoying because you have to work harder and we're <laughs> going to find the solution. And I know you can relate. I know. People are like, you know, gosh, that. She's so challenging and it's because I have my girls that they love me, but they have loathed me at points because I'm, I'm going to figure out how to do it. So let's just figure it out because arguing about the fact that it's not going to happen is not going to change the fact that I am going to step in front of that camera. So we have got to make it work, but that is how I function. We believe in possible. 
I believe it's possible and I believe that there is kindness and kindness is like air for me. I don't need to be the most followed, the most popular. I just want to be as authentic as humanly possible and give as much love and kindness because how can you lose? I mean, it's true. That's it. So, you know, I lead with my heart um, and I'm here to just hopefully tug on someone's to say, if you know someone who has gone through loss, a parent, even a grandparent, check in on them, you know, and if somebody is having a really hard time and you just wish they could get over it and move on, appreciate them for the sensitive person they are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wonder like in this journey through caretaking and even passing, what are some of the things you would share with people that you wish they had done or wish they hadn't? Meet myself as a caretaker or? Yeah. Like I know, for example, the people that let me down and then the people that didn't, right? Like I know, I know how to advise people now because unless you've gone through it, it's really hard. So you can only expect so much, but I always try to share with people because it's so hard to know what to say, what to do, what the right thing to do I is. I tell you something, I'm sure you, this is my camera. By the way, if we have tissues, anybody <laughs> no, can okay. jump in with tissues. I really care what I look like, and I am shellac. I just don't know if you want me clearing your nose or whatever. No, and that's the good thing about getting older and, and hitting a few bumps along the way. I care far less lately about my concealer. Um, I don't care if you know what to say or if you don't say something because yeah. you know what hurts more is not hearing from it. Yeah. And that is the thing that like, if somebody's like, I can't give you advice on an individual or situation, I don't know. But I do know that I would much rather talk to a friend about how what they said hurt or didn't hit the mark than not have that friend. And that is like the biggest thing I want to say because so many people get so uncomfortable yeah. and they don't know how to talk to you or they, they fear they're going to say the wrong thing and they're afraid that it's going to be a sad time. Well, maybe it will, but you just want people to show up, to show up, be there. It could be texting them a funny picture. It could be sending them a cute animal meme. Yeah. If you can't say it, show it in some other way. It doesn't have to be stuff. It's just letting someone know you're in their corner and you're there. And honestly, I think it meant more, not that you don't want everybody to sort of reach out, but anyone that goes through something very traumatic definitely needs the cushion, but you are numb and in a fog. There's a blur. There's like, it's okay. I think a lot of people worry like, oh, I need to call them right now. Or what should I say? Or should I be, you know, I don't want to be the last person to make it seem like I didn't care. It doesn't matter what, just reach out. And some of those people that waited and said, listen, I wanted to call. I could think about how to best support you. I mean, whatever you can do, do it. And it's not that hard. I hope that gets across in the right way. Because I think it does. Absolutely. But I think people need the guidance because it is awkward. I've had people with that work intimately with me every single day when my mom and dad were both in hospitals, potentially dying of COVID, didn't say a thing. And I'm like, wait, I don't understand. Yeah. All you have to say is I'm so sorry. And they're like, oh, we didn't want to. I'm like, wait, what? Just say something. Or like, 
when my friend's dad died the other day, I literally texted, where are you right now? Because I'm getting in my car and I'm coming. And you can tell me no, and I'll, I'll stand back, stand down. But until you tell me no, I'm coming and I'm hugging you and I'm just going to sit there. Yeah, you know what's funny? Just to give you a sense of relief if you are in this position right now, people worry about what they'll say and they don't know how to help. Chances are you're just going to show up and you're just going to sit there and someone is just going to either not say anything or pour out or they're going to pour out and you're just going to listen and say, I hear you bring some food, bring some, I brought baklava. That's <laughs> it. And I have to say, there's a trick that I'm sure you were told early on, because at least for me, like I really didn't plan to get in front of a camera. So it wasn't like I took acting lessons or something. And I remember early on, if I was nervous or uncomfortable, I just said it. I would walk out in front of 500 people and I had to give a 45 minute, you know, speech. And I would say, wow, guys, hi, I am super nervous. So if anybody wants to make me feel better right now, just jump in. And immediately you see the love in this situation. If you're awkward and you don't just say, I feel so awkward. I want to be here for you right now. And I'm so nervous. I don't want to make this about me, but I just want to be there for you. So if I say the wrong thing, I'm sorry. It, whatever you have to do to get comfortable is all well, that matters. What? It's been two and a half years. Yeah, he he passed on December first. Do you guys do anything to honor his memory? Is it yes. his more Like, well, how do you we guys do so do many? So we have a bunch of things. Um, Miles and I, on Michael's birthday and on Father's Father's Day, we go to the beach with donuts. Oh. That was his favorite thing. <laughs> And it sucks because Miles now uh, has celiac, which, oh, yes. Yeah. So can you imagine? I'm like, do you have any gluten free? It's like, I'm usually trying to find a fancy bougie shop somewhere. I wish I could just, and he's so sweet. If we go to Dunkin' Donuts, he'll say, it's okay. I'll get the orange juice because <laughs> I'm somebody that didn't want him to have all the sugar in the orange juice, but we would still get donuts and go to the beach. Um, and then, you know, we, for Miles and I, rainbows um, in our house, um, there are some nightstands that would always reflect at certain times of day and we'd be like, oh, I, I spot one. So there would be many rainbows like all over and daddy and I, and he used to catch them and find them. So whenever we see rainbows, uh, you know, we take a minute and Michael taught Miles and you know what's amazing is I was telling him this and just two months ago, I found the video that he was teaching him as like an 18 month old where he would take his fingers and point at his eye, like I, and then his heart, love, and then point at Miles, you, and taught Miles how to say, I love you for like across the room or anything. And I, I mean, watching Miles' face actually see himself as a baby and daddy doing that. We had been doing that and it was like, oh my gosh. Did he remember it? Well, what was amazing was to see him piece together, just be told. And like, I didn't say daddy does all the time. We would do that and do that. And I think on occasion, I'm like, you know, we used to do that. You know, daddy did it too. And to see it, he was just like, wow, wow, my daddy, like, it was really cool. He's just turned eight. And to see that sort of sink in was like amazing. Just we're getting through a lot. We're still going through a lot. Yeah. I don't know. What, what advice do you have for someone who is going through? Keep going. And if you have to sit, 
we sit down. I mean, look, I'm still going through it. So I like to say community has been amazing for me. I have found so much comfort in the kindness of strangers who would take the time. I, it still blows my mind that I would open up my DMs and Instagram and these messages that are so heartfelt. Yes. Isn't it unbelievable? It's unbelievable that somebody would take the time to write something so beautiful and they don't know you. And I cherish like me too that. And, um, and sometimes I just don't know. I don't know how to get through it. I have to sit down. I know that, you know, for me, um, that annoying saying of it's, it's not one day at a time, it's one hour at a time, you know, because when you feel like crap, you're not thinking about the whole day. You're just panicking in that moment about everything. So I try to really remember sometimes, you know, it's possible done been there before. It's like, I can just shift. So I'm really sort of focused on feeling present, like kind of touching for me. I, I deal with anxiety a lot. Um, you know, I'm somebody who has had panic attacks. And so for me, it's very important that I feel like the chair I'm sitting in, the table, and I just sort of ground myself for a few minutes. No, like so you actually so have feel to... something okay. um, so that I can remember there's something tangible that I'm told here. And you just kind of remember you're here. And, and for some reason, just sort of feeling something, smelling something often just really taking a minute to use your senses to sort of get out of the mental space did you learn that from a therapist because i learned that from our trauma expert so funny i've had bits and pieces you know hoda um copy hoda on the today show she is everything behind the scenes in the brain or she is she's exactly she is oh god if you're one of i feel like the lucky people that have befriended this amazing woman she you know, she'll walk up to you with little things. She's like, look, you know, I learned this. She'll tap your head or she'll give you her Yoda-isms. You know, she'll do that. So having someone like Yoda share something with you, Kathy Lee, you know, shares her spirituality yeah. perspective. And then, you know, other people, I have so many like behind the scenes at work, it becomes your family. You know, there's so I collect whatever I can to be useful. I remember one of the crew members right before I was doing something and actually stepping out to date for the first time, which let's talk about going through it. Another, another piece there where, you know, I had a little nudging. So the nest said, all right, it's time. I wasn't quite sure, but I thought, you know what, if there's ever time, just try to fly. Why not let everybody just either watch me fail or yeah. help me, you know, catch me. Um, she just said, you know, go ahead let's walk through this. You're right here. You know, try to think of tapping your foot, you're on the ground. And it was so funny because I definitely had that moment before I said I was going to do it where I was like, am I ready? I can't believe this. And I did it. And here I am. Like this started at the beginning of the year. We're in the fall. Are you I dating someone right now? I just taught, there's a huge, if you're interested, Bobby's dating diary is actually up on okay. today.com and, uh, Thank you to the 50,000 plus people who have read my personal diary, which I do give everything to, um, an update about someone that I met and I'm still so sad that I broke things off in August. It was five months. I named about five months. Um, so to think that 
when I started this, I would even be sitting here talking to you now saying I even had my first mini relationship, you know, and I think the only reason that was actually for me able to happen is he is a fellow widower. He's a widower with a child that's close in age. And I felt like he could really understand a lot of what I was going through. It's a nice bridge, right? Yeah. It's a um, nice first entry somebody who understands what you've been through. I can yeah. imagine. It was. And then it, it's hard because we're both also Breathing. trying to grieve and carry stuff. And so it's tough because just imagine people with kids trying to figure it out. We're both solo parents and there's like such little time left to take care of yourself outside of work and your child's needs and then fit in friends and family. And then, Oh wait, it's you. Oh wait, you plus somebody else. And not that that was the biggest obstacle. I think that there's just a lot of feelings and I don't know. I, I can't. Yeah. There's just a lot there. So I, I really put it, we don't have enough time in the show. I've put it in the diary. Yeah. No, well, I welcome any and all advice. Put it in the summary of this episode so you guys can read it. Um, I feel like I, I love that you share so much of your journey because people need to know they're not alone in all of these things. That's why it's, it's kind of, I feel like our, our almost obligation in a sense for those of us who are okay with doing it. Okay, Bobby, we're going to leave this right here and we're going to send the Heel Squad back here tomorrow to listen to part two where we talk fashion because we could have talked for it forever. So friends, we'll be back tomorrow, Bobby, and more. In the meantime, be nice people, make good choices, and be present. This podcast and all related content published or distributed by or on behalf of Maria Menunos or MariaMenunos.com is for informational purposes only and may include information that is general in nature and that is not specific to you. Any information or opinions expressed or contained herein are not intended to serve as or replace medical advice, nor to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any disease, condition, illness, or injury, and you should consult the healthcare professional of your choice regarding all matters concerning your health, including before beginning any exercise, weight loss, or healthcare program. If you have or suspect you may have a healthcare emergency, please contact a qualified healthcare professional for treatment. Any information or opinions provided by a guest expert or host featured within website or on company's podcast are their own, not those of Maria Menounos or the company. Accordingly, Maria Menounos and the company cannot be responsible for any results or consequences or actions you may take based on information or opinions.